0: Hi, it's Brandon with ProAct. In this last episode of our podcast series on food service in crisis, we look at an uncertain future for food service in a post-shelter-in-place world. In speaking to these food service leaders from varying sectors, we began to see a clearer picture of how they, and the organizations that they lead, are approaching the next few months. While all of the companies are dependent on a healthy community and economy, and on the local and state edicts governing public gatherings, they all spoke of the needed contingency plans to meet the challenges ahead. We start with Delaware North's CPO, Steve Harrington. Their leadership team has developed a playbook for reopening and are working with all their locations to personalize plans to their community and patrons, especially the stadiums and arenas that they work with.
1: As a leadership team within Delaware North, um, we are working on what we're calling our enterprise resumption playbook. And, as we look at preparing each one of our units for coming back online, because many of them um, have never closed down for more than a few hours or a day, and so they're not used to like sports arenas being closed for maybe three months at a time, um, opening up all over again is going to be you know something new for a lot of our business but we wanna make sure that we do it in a way that is consistent across our portfolio. If you look at what the federal government came out with on the three phases, um, actually in the first phase, they've actually called out um, large venues um, like stadiums and arenas for opening up. Um, Our expectation around that is that it's gonna be at a significantly reduced volume um, that we're going to have to take, you know, temperatures of of guests that are coming in. Um, that everybody's going to have to have a mass. Um, I know that some of the stadiums and arenas are already looking at supplies of mass and possibly, you know, either team colors or printing on mass as part of, you know, making it fun and part of the experience. Um, and then certainly you know, there's been a lot of conversation on when you go to a game, you know, whether it's a hockey or baseball game, um, if you're going with your family, you don't want to have social distancing, you want to do it with your family. Um, But managing that between, you know, that instance and everybody else wanting to keep the separation is certainly something that's going to be challenging going forward. Um, But, you know, I think we're very optimistic that, that they'll solve for it in the short term. It's just gonna be at a much reduced volume of occupancy. We know that there's a lot of these items and I think everybody's finding right now that sanitizer is incredibly hard to get. Masks are still hard to get. Um, and on one hand, we'd like to you know, load up on supply. On the other hand, we're still trying to conserve cash until we're confident that we're at the other side and we're gonna have you know, revenue start coming in again. So it's kind of a balancing act um, we have certainly um, reached out already and bought thermometers um, for all of our locations because we know, certainly, from an associate standpoint, in all of our locations and potentially our customers in other locations, we're going to have to take temperatures of folks coming in. Um, you know, gloves and sanitizer and hand wipes are certainly something that we're very focused on. Um, we, we are getting a supply of products for those locations that we're most optimistic about opening the soonest um, and then balancing that with, you know, obviously cost and timing around the others. One of the things I've been saying to a lot of our partners over the last week is I believe over the next two weeks and call it through the end of this month that I think a lot is going to be defined and become much clearer even in the next couple weeks.
0: At Sage Dining, Todd Evans and Steven Fries are finding opportunities to connect in more meaningful ways with those that they serve at the private school level while seeking ways to expand that in the future.
2: We actually think for our company, it will be a positive impact since we're a bit smaller and maybe a little bit more nimble. And we really have opened up channels of communication with our clients. So we have um, two and sometimes three communications going to our clients regarding what's going on with our employees. Uh, we're sending recipes to the communities so they can participate in recipes that we've created here. Um, so we actually think um, from that side, we might have an opportunity to increase our footprint uh, from this. Um, but it'll be, it'll be a footprint that's changed in terms of how we deliver that service and how we work with suppliers to maintain a product in the pipeline
3: our communities are so important to us and we're going to be able to expand even further so that um, they know that we're still here. I, th- I think one of the fears that people had was that, you know, um, if, if someone had to go on layoff that the food service isn't coming back, well, that's not the case. The plan is that everybody returns and we go back to whatever the new normal is. You know, we talk, you hear that all the time and the new normal is yet to be determined, I think, for school in the next, I think it's going to be more like 60 to 90 days just because of when school starts back up in August and or September in different parts of the uh, country. So, you know, it's a we're in hurry up and wait mode kind of we are making plans to reopen like we normally would on August 1st with some alterations to our our programs, though, you know, and I think it's important that patience is the key.
0: Matt Saxton, the Saxton Group's co-CEO, sees an opportunity for optimism as we get back to some core values individually and corporately.
4: Our neighborhoods are are robust with people walking the streets and playing with their children outside and clearing their schedule and having more family time. So my hope would be that continues on after this. And people really see the clarity in life on what's important and what's uh, maybe some busy noise or white noise in their life. They really they really could eliminate. So, yeah, I'm, listen, I'm always optimistic and a positive person about these things. And like I said earlier about adversity, it just things like this. If you're able to hold on to to really and remember how this went and how this affected your life, you'll be able to use those principles the rest of your rest of your life. So, I will not. I keep saying through this whole thing. I'm writing things down and recording things and trying to. So I always remember like how when you think life could be really hard or or or, or uh, you know challenging, it's really not when it comes to what we're going through. And like I said before, it's hard to feel sorry for yourself. You really can't feel sorry for yourself, at least Matt Saxton cannot, because there are millions and millions of other people that have it much, much worse off. So we're fortunate, at least for myself and the Saxton group, to be able to offer jobs and give people great opportunity moving forward. And so I hope that we can all take this optimism and this sense of community and maybe more of an appreciation. I think I hope employees take a little bit more of appreciation for working for a great company and seeing how many companies have done their employees or been forced to do with their employees. I hope that they see, hey, I work for a great company. I need to stay optimistic. I need to keep my nose down and and stay after it and innovate and uh, be a positive force within the company. So yeah, I hope all these things are remembered. That's for sure.
0: Senior Vice President of Culinary Supply Chain for Wacon's Sports SportsBeast Twin Bar, Michael Turner, sees an opportunity to change restaurant habits around sanitation and personal habits around health.
3: I think that it's probably gonna get more of a detailed eye on sanitation in general in the country and and in restaurants. And I think that's gonna force certain restaurant groups and certain independent restaurants to operate at a higher level of sanitation and safety, which we've always done that. But a lot of concepts or a lot of restaurants may have struggled with that in the the past. I think that's gonna help as well. And then lastly, you know, for me personally, it's great to see um, a lot of people getting more physically fit, you know, walking in the neighborhood, walking, more than I've ever seen. A lot of social interaction on that side, riding bikes, you know, really looking at the health of themselves and those around them. And, 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 you know, as we've seen this COVID-19, you know, definitely targets, you know, certain traits that a person may have, whether it be overeating or obesity or diabetes or something like that. So you know, for me, Uh, it's a wake-up call that, you know, maybe I need to continue to watch my diet, watch what I eat, make sure I'm exercising regularly so I don't become susceptible to this now or in the future.
0: Joan DeLeo, the president of Old Time Produce in St. Louis, spoke of the importance of the entire supply chain and the lingering fears that may exist in the days ahead.
5: Restaurants are places where experiences happened. Um, Things that we all remember, everyone has an experience at a restaurant that they remember being there for somebody's birthday, their anniversary, some party, a wedding, whatever it was. And I think the really great restauranteurs create experiences, memorable experiences. There is, that is, that can't translate easily over to here is a bag filled with with prepared meals and a drive-by. <laughs> it's just not as easy to do. I'm, and so, I, you know, I, I, it's going to be difficult, I think, going forward to figure that out. But again, um, restaurants, uh, really good ones. I mean, it's just experiences. I mean, I can, we can all name all the places we've ever been and all the experiences we had there. You don't and you will remember the food, so there's no doubt the food has to be good, and you know all those sort of um, basics, if you will, the prima fascia has to be good, all those standards. But at the end of the day, um, we go to restaurants at gathering places. and um, it's clearly that's off the table right now and, and, and unforeseen or uncertain about how it's going to be in the months ahead and maybe even a year ahead. I think the community feel is very. Um, um, I think it, the interconnectivity has been has risen in terms of the realization. It's it's more top of mind. So you know we've bought bread from uh, bakeries that we sell. We've purchased meals from customers we sell. We've donated product back to their um, individual employees that were furloughed. People have you know, started to see the, the, the fabric that all of the food supply is woven into. I think it's much more pronounced today. And there's, you know, great trepidation. I think that people are very fearful of um, just the fragility has, has become exposed. And people are fearful that their partners, either um, the restaurant customer or their suppliers to them, or whatever won't be there at the end of the day. Um, you know, when this thing is over, um, there's a fear that, you know, we'll have lost some people along the way, not just to the disease, but just to the impact, the economic impact of
0: it. ProAx Vice President of Sales, Christy Waters, shared how their team connects and supports food service customers as they continue to ramp up operations during this time.
6: We talk to our customers and partners more than we ever have before. I mean, daily, in some cases, every single day, some cases, multiple times a day. And those conversations are sensitive to all sides of supply chain. So they understand that as they open up, there has to be flexibility with delivery windows and delivery days. They understand that when they open up, there may be some flexibility with specifications of certain types of products that they need. You know, if there's an arcadian blend that they want for man packing, you know, they may just get a regular spring mix or something of that nature until the distributor can ramp up and really get to where it needs to be from a supply standpoint. Because while we want to do projections and we want to plan, it's difficult for anyone, like you said earlier, to look into that crystal ball to determine. But we can look at trends. We can look at projections. We can help educate them and we are helping educate them on if they don't know what's going on in different States, we are share grouping with them what we're hearing from other clients and giving them that information as well. So hopefully maybe they can learn something from that. These podcasts are going to be great, you know, to to sort of share best practices and from all different segments of food service, you know, they can, they can also learn from, from that Avenue. But the other part for us, from a proact team standpoint is we want their businesses to be there on the other side. So how can we help them generate revenue? How can we support them in that way? You know, with the feeding our front lines box program, obviously that's donation to the hospitals in the front line, but that also um, is an Avenue for distributors to do the same way that furlough kitchens were doing from a restaurant standpoint. And from a furlough kitchen standpoint at the restaurant level, or not just a furlough kitchen, but them donating their time in their food trucks, just going to feed hospital and frontline workers, you know, donating product and working with our suppliers to get that in because that way they're able to to pay employees to, to continue to do work and to generate never revenue if they are selling the product on the other side. And then being flexible and understanding of, you know, cash flow opportunities that have come up. On all sides of the business and working through that with them creatively, and helping them work through those challenges, and and also you know helping them plan is the biggest thing you know because there is a big question mark for for all sides of the supply chain right now.
0: Vizient's senior vice president of sourcing operations, David Gillen, shared how businesses have found ways to support their employees and communities, while also creating new opportunities for revenue, positioning themselves for long term success.
2: Uh, I know for our hospitals, it is a a reset mode and folks are um, appreciating uh, the little things. Um, You know, on a personal level, I made a comment to somebody the other day that um, I'm excited about driving my car again. Um, You know, I I saw a a comment where someone said, I'm getting the best gas mileage I've ever gotten before. I'm getting three weeks to a gallon because we're not driving anywhere. Uh, Right. And so, it, it is changing your perspective you are seeing things different uh, you are relating to folks and caring for folks differently and it's neat to see when you look at food for example and you look at the feeding the front lines program and you look how these food uh, providers have come in worked together shifted how their business is being operated donating food supporting and supplying food to frontline workers in the hospital so instead of saying gosh we have a different population of folks we're serving our food businesses down in the hospital it shifted to how can we support these frontline workers how can we support their families and reallocate the staff that we're using and we're seeing you know 400 to 500 boxes per location of food and this food is 15 to 20 pounds of fresh produce and other that's, that are going to these frontline workers and, and and I think we're doing this across about 35 facilities that we're seeing this today. So it's just it, it's neat to see how folks have gotten back to the basics and you know a sad, sad remembrance of 9/11, but it has a lot of that feel where people aren't taking anything for granted. their job, their neighbors, their friends, their family, their patients, all of it matters. And so there's a real uh there's a different perspective happening out there and and a slowing down if you will now inter- interestingly enough though um i live in the one community that's been on national news so i live in collieville texas and collieville has uh before the governor or before the president opened up restaurants they opened up the patios on the restaurants And to see the demand flock back to your point of folks having that desire for the social um, is the lines are out the door, uh, six feet apart, but the lines are out the door. Um, So it's just a, a very interesting time. It's really how can we stabilize, you know, products and supply chain? How can we get more connected to a circumstance like this happening again? You know, how do we shift to that? Sort of restoration piece of this, and and working more uh, connected uh, from a connected viewpoint across all aspects of how we're delivering our our, our different services. I I think there's there's going to be a, a a whole new set of uh, perspectives on this. Business is being run differently. You know, admittedly, the sad thing for me is to see how quickly a lot of companies have had to furlough employees, and I hope that. Businesses get run differently going forward where there isn't such a limit to today's cash on hand, right, so that we're able to sustain folks. But I'll tell you, the neatest part of the role that I have is seeing how many of these companies have so quickly moved away from their primary uh, product or service, whatever they're manufacturing or doing, and shifting, like food, shifting to other ways to deliver that food, using their restaurants differently. That's that's really the neat story. And I think coming out of this, some of those businesses, I know because I'm working with them, who've created these new product lines to keep their employees in place, are going to actually continue with those product lines. Companies that never had a vertical addressing hospitals uh, for any number of things, food and otherwise, are now looking at hey, I'm diversifying my business. I'm doing it out of necessity, but I see the ability to do this long-term. So I I think it's going to create back to some of that balance you're talking about, back to some of that resiliency that we need to have as businesses so that we're not uh, dependent on a single vertical. So that's probably the neatest thing to just all day long, I'm on calls with companies that I would have never talked to before. You know, uh, uh, companies like a Ford Motor Company that don't, they this is not their business, but today they're doing it. They're creating these products. So it's, that's the neat thing that I wish everybody could see and experience, the coming together and the resourcefulness, the sort of human spirit that's happening right now across these businesses and folks willing to help in any way that they can um, and, and folks taking phone calls that they probably didn't used to take and making phone calls that they didn't used to make that's where the real difference is happening and that's where the solutions are are really coming together.
0: In the weeks leading up to March 15th and the broad shelter-in-place orders, it was revealed that food service made up for over 50% of America's food spend. Shutting off that sector in such dramatic fashion led to shortages of key items in retail, while at the same time, farmers, manufacturers, and producers of all kinds were donating or destroying product that had been destined for restaurants and food service outlets. ProAct, our supplier and distribution partners, have all worked hard to find ways to keep fresh produce moving to new customers and in new ways. In the days ahead, we continue this series with a special episode, speaking to the suppliers and distributors who work to creatively change course overnight. They share their perspectives and how they're positioning for the future. Make sure make sure to subscribe and share this with colleagues and friends. Our thanks again to our partners in the food service industry who shared their stories and perspectives with us during a challenging time. And thanks to you for joining us for this podcast.